Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you're blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church or its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to connect.redchurch.org.au. Hi, I'm Trudy, and I'm continuing the series on David, the Shepherd King. It wouldn't be a series on David without the Psalms. David wrote 73 out of the 150 Psalms. Why are Psalms so important? Because Psalms are more than a book. Psalms are the gateway for how to live in God's presence. The colours in their book, The Songs of Jesus, say this. All theologians and leaders of the church have believed that the Psalms should be used and reused in every Christian's daily private approach to God and in public worship. We are not simply to read the Psalms. We are to be immersed in them so that they profoundly shape how we relate to God. The Psalms are the divinely ordained way to learn devotion to God. Psalms have been prayed and sung by the people of God since they were first collated in ancient Israel, in public prayer and worship and in, by individuals in private settings. The early Christians were also instructed to be immersed in Psalms. As we read in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So, psalms are found in the Old Testament. They are a collection of 150 ancient Hebrew songs, poems, and prayers written at different times in Israel's history. They were collated sometime after the Israelites were sent into exile to Babylon. They're written by a number of authors. So we have David, Asaph, sons of Korah, Heman and Ethan, Moses, Solomon, and about a third were written by anonymous writers. They are intentionally ordered into five books according to themes that actually tell the biblical narrative. And the five books at the end, there's five poems or psalms at the end of psalms, um, which actually are dedicated to praising the God of Israel. Psalms were compiled as an instructional manual. So they're more than a book. It's an instructional manual. Tim Mackey and Jonathan Collins from the Bible Project describe Psalms as the new Torah, Torah meaning instruction or teaching. The Torah specifically refers to the books of Moses, which are the first five books of the Old Testament. So the Torah was given to instruct people what to do to live for God. The book of Psalms was given to instruct the people how to live to, for God, how to relate to God, how to live a life of God's word, worship and prayer, how to shape one's inner life. How can Psalms shape our inner life? But when we are learning something, we not only need some basic written instructions, we actually need a lived out real life example. My dad passed away a number of years ago. 
And shortly after he passed away, my mum gave me my dad's Bible. My dad was a man of faith. He'd moved out to Australia from Ireland when he was 17 years old. And his whole life, he loved God. And he loved to tell other people about Jesus. He worked, um, uh, he was a professional soccer player. He had um, worked at a company for 40 years um, where he loved to tell people about Jesus. He was a youth group leader for many years. And in his um, later um, working life, he actually worked as a prison chaplain, loved and enjoyed telling others about Jesus. So when I inherited his Bible, I loved to see where he'd underlined in his Bible, where he'd, um, all the like memory verses that he had memorized when would help him to tell others about Jesus. It even had some of his um, sayings that were, um, he loved. Uh, for example, he loved the saying, turn your scars into stars. One of my um, earliest memories of dad teaching us about the Bible was he loved, he taught me, and my, one of the first memory verses I learned was, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And there, that verse is written on the inside cover of his Bible. So you can imagine inheriting his Bible was very special to me. It told me about my dad's character and what was important to him. Can you imagine someone in your life or someone that you, um, any Christian in history perhaps, that you would love to inherit their Bible or, or their prayer journal of how they've learnt to relate to God, of how they've learnt to pray. Now we have inherited the prayer journal of the greatest king in Israel's history, King David. David was a mentor in prayer. David is known as a man after God's heart. We have a model for how to live after a life after God's heart. So Psalms, it's more than a book. It's an insight into David's heart after God. Eugene Peterson says in his book, Praying with the Psalms, David is the name most prominently associated with writing and praying the Psalms. His life is the most extensively narrated we have in the scriptures. We know more about him than anyone else in our biblical records. We know about his growing up and his dying, his friends and his enemies, his sins and salvation, his triumphs and defeat. Nothing is held back or suppressed. The entire range of the human condition is laid out for us in the narration of David's life. Alongside the story, we are given his prayers, the inside of the story. For everything that happened in David's life became prayer. It became the occasion for listening to and answering God. Nothing in David's life was left lying around on the surface. He took everything to heart. He interiorized it and welcomed it in God's name for God's work. David was a mentor in how to take all of life's circumstances and allow God to shape us for his purpose and glory. He had a heart after God.
the one thing David desired most was to live in God's presence. He was desperate for God. He understood that the answer to every circumstance was found in the presence of God. Not only did he seek refuge in the Lord for safety and personal gain, but he simply loved and adored God. He longed to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. As we read in Psalm 27, he wanted just to be with him. Let's read from Psalm 27. One thing I ask from the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. David longed to dwell in the temple of God. The temple wasn't built in David's lifetime. However, his prayers of longing to dwell in God's presence were an example for the Israelites in exile, longing for the temple. They too could pray this prayer. This stunning idea I discovered as I was listening to a video about Psalms by Tim Mackey and Jonathan Collins is that Psalms is a literary temple. So it's more than a book. It's a literary temple. The temple was a place where the people of God would go to meet with God, to be in his presence. And it was also a place where they would hear songs sung, choirs. When the Israelites were in exile, and the temple was destroyed, the Psalms were intended to give people a literary temple to sit in God's presence and hear the biblical story of God's kingdom sung in poetry. We too can sit in these anointed, holy words, dwelling in a literary temple. I love that idea. We can sit in a temple and read a, a literary temple. As God speaks his living word to us, we can speak those words back to him, a conversation with him. We can pray the promises of God as, as found in Psalms that speak of his coming kingdom, as we long for his coming kingdom, that one day his kingdom will reign over all the um, evil in the world, God's intention to restore the world, and one day we will live with him forever we find this story and this hope in Psalms. So we have the prayers of David, but not only the prayers of David, we actually have the prayers that were prayed by Jesus, the prayers and the songs of Jesus. So it's more than a book. It's the prayers and songs of Jesus. Jesus modelled a life of prayer praying to the Father in all circumstances. There are examples of Jesus praying the Psalms in the New Testament. On the cross, Jesus prayed Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Psalms point to Jesus. A key theme in, in Psalms is it introduced the promised messianic king that will come from the line of David. David was the forerunner for the Messianic King Jesus. 
David's life points to Jesus. The prayers of the Psalms that David prayed, Jesus would later pray. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book Praying the Psalms explains some key ideas about Jesus and the Psalms. He explains that Jesus actually prays through David. David wrote the Psalms after he was anointed with the Spirit of God. Therefore, his Psalms, his prayers are inspired. His Psalms and prayers are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they're actually divine prayers. See, that's quite amazing. He was anointed. And so these prayers are divine prayers, inspired by God. David says in his last words in they're recorded in 2 Samuel 23, verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. Dietrich Bonhoeffer also says the Psalms relate to the Lord's Prayer as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So in some ways, the Psalms are actually expansion. They give the language for the Lord's Prayer. Psalms is more than a book, it also teaches us the language of God. For a number of years, I worked as a teacher of the deaf and I worked in early intervention with um, young children who were deaf or hard of hearing to support their early language development. And one of the special aspects of the role was seeing the joy in parents' faces when the child had imitated a new word, particularly when children were experiencing some delay in their language development. It's also quite an incredible thing to see a child or a baby hear their parents' voice for the first time after they've been fitted with um, a hearing aid or their cochlear implant is switched on for the first time. I was thinking about this in relation to our Heavenly Father and his delight, the delight he would experience when we hear and understand and know his voice for the first time. When an infant or child is learning to speak, there are certain conditions that promote early language development. Firstly, the loving presence of a parent or caregiver to learn from is critical, one who will speak language with love. Our Heavenly Father speaks language with love to us. Secondly, for a child to learn a new word, joint attention is important. The carer and the child having their attention on the same object and therefore the word can be attached to that, um, that object and taught. Poet Mary Oliver says, attention is the beginning of devotion. We just need to be still and be with our Father God. Another early conversational skill is turn-taking. Your turn, my turn. (laughs) Children learn this through play and um, even through rhymes. It's your turn to sing, my turn. So this is an aspect of early language development. Prayer is conversational. Language is also spoken in a sing-song manner to children, which is universal across cultures, as it highlights the key word spoken and to be taught and learned. 
So you might have heard um, when a parent says, it's the ball, go get the ball. We're highlighting and emphasising that key word in a sing-song manner. We also learn words through songs and repetition. I was thinking this is, relates to also when we're reading scripture and God through the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will highlight to us a key word, an important word that we are to learn and be taught. A child will imitate a word before incorporating the new word independently into other contexts. Context. Can you imagine our Heavenly Father's delight when we learn his language. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer also says in his book, so we learn to speak to God because God has spoken to us and speaks to us. By means of the speech of the Father in heaven, his children learn to speak with him. Repeating God's own words after him, we begin to pray to him. So Psalms teach us the language of God. We learn to speak to him as we sit in his presence and meditate upon his words. So we have this opportunity to learn the language of God. The Psalms give us a language that is actually beyond our imagination or comprehension of who God is, of who God really is. We, of our own accord, couldn't imagine some of the language to describe God. His holy scripture shows us. The Calisee, the Psalms also help us see God. God not as we wish or hope him to be, but as he actually reveals himself. The descriptions of God in the Psalter are rich beyond human invention. The Psalms also give us language for lament. When we can't find words to express our pain, for the pain of others or the pain of our world, the pain in our world, what is wrong with the world. The Psalms encourage us to lament, to give us language for our pain and to actually pray out our pain through these words. Intercession arises as we lament from a lament as we join God in desiring the restoration of his kingdom to come to our broken world and lives. We speak back to God the cries of his heart. We therefore can pray in confidence and align ourselves with his will. We can also learn the language of praise. So Psalms is more than a book. It's the soundtrack of the kingdom of God. Praise is a continual theme in the book of Psalms. There is frequently a pattern in Psalms where they begin praise, beginning their prayer recognising who God is, thanking him for who, I know God, you can save me, I know who you are. It comes from a place of knowing God and knowing perhaps how he's delivered them before. And then the psalmist may cry out, God, help me in this time of need for whatever their circumstances. And frequently there's a pattern then when they've cried out to God in prayer that 
they end in praise because through that place of prayer, they gain new perspective or receive an answer to prayer. So it leads to a call to praise and encourages others to praise God. Many Psalms were written not only to be read, but to be spoken, not just be spoken, but to be sung. Why do we sing praises or even lament? Because singing not only helps us to remember words and prayers, singing is also an expression of emotion, an overflow of our emotion, more than spoken words can bring. It's really important here to understand that, understand the concept of singing that may be beyond our worldview, that there are different cultural expressions of singing. You may think of some cultures where singing may go on for hours and hours as as an overflow of expression of their joy. Singing is beautiful. It's harmonious and unites a congregation when we sing together. But not only that, God sings over us. He first sings over us. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. David is known as a worshipper. His desire to sing and make music to the God overflow from his joy in experiencing God's faithfulness and deliverance. We see this theme repeated in other examples of songs in Scripture as the people of God sing from remembering and reciting what God has done for them. Some examples in Scripture, we have uh, the song of Deborah in Judges. There's um, the song of Hannah and the song of um, David, both in um, Hannah in um, chapter 1 Samuel and David in 2 Samuel. There's also Zechariah's song, Elizabeth's song, and Mary's song. Great examples of songs reciting the faithful acts of God. In Psalms, we learn the language and sound of the kingdom of God. The language of justice and the sound of rejoicing as the poor and oppressed um, will be set free. The brokenhearted will be comforted and the righteous will be exalted. These are just some examples of the language and the sound of the kingdom of God. To praise and worship is the continuous sound of heaven. It's the sound of the kingdom of God, the soundtrack of the kingdom of God. David recognises and he prioritised continual worship in his reign as king of Israel and ministered to the Lord with his worship. David is our mentor for prayer and worship. And I want to just end with some some practical resources on how to begin praying the Psalms. I know I'm inspired to, as I open the Psalms now, I'm going to imagine it as a literary temple where I can engage and meet with God, pursue his presence through the Psalms. So if you want to explore more and um, have an overview of Psalms, I 
highly recommend um, the Bible Project um, by Tim Mackey and Jonathan Collins, and they have wonderful teachings on Psalms and many other things from the Bible. You might find some devotional books on Psalms. The Songs of Jesus by Timothy Keller with Kathy Keller, Praying with the Psalms by Eugene Peterson. There's also various devotional apps which can help you, which have a component of Psalms in their daily devotions. So some examples are the Lectio 365 by 24-7 Prayer. There's also um, one that I found helpful, um, a daily prayer app, a guide to spiritual rhythm, and that could take you as a, there's a morning prayer, a midday prayer, and an afternoon prayer which involve the Psalms. The 24-7 prayer um, organ movement have also have a tool shed, which um, they have some uh, a resource on how to pray the Psalms and, and also one on how to lament. And so the one on how to pray the Psalms has some examples of Psalms and it's like the, how to read the Psalms according to the themes. And they also can um, give you examples of dusk, a pray, uh, Psalms to pray at dusk and Psalms to pray at dawn. You may also like to create a daily rhythm of, of reading a psalm, for example, one verse a day or one psalm a day or one in the morning and one in the evening. You may like to write your own psalm in response to a psalm you've read, to write your own prayer poem. The psalms may also inspire you and equip you to be able to pray for others. The psalm may not necessarily relate to your circumstance all the time, but it may give you the language to pray for others. You can also find um, or do a search perhaps on there are psalms that may be organised according to help you um, pray the Lord's Prayer. And they give you more extended language on the Lord's Prayer. So they're just some examples of some resources, to, um, a place to begin. I believe God is drawing our attention to Psalms in this time. How do we pursue God's presence as the one thing, the one thing we desire most as modelled by David? To trust him at all circumstances, to learn to stand on God, our rock, the rock of all ages. It's time to rediscover these ancient holy words in Scripture. To pray with more honesty to our God who loves us and sings over us. Let's pray. But I thank you for your holy Scripture. I thank you for your word. I thank you that the Psalms are divine a divine, holy, ancient words. Thank you for this gift to us. God, I just pray that as we read your Psalms, I just pray for a greater desire to, to read your word, to immerse ourselves in our word, in your word, Lord, that we would learn greater ways to relate to you, to hear from you, to speak to you. God, would you... Um, would we reimagine our prayer lives, Lord? Lord, would you meet with us in Psalms? Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.